This is the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. After a tremendous surge at the start of the year, the crypto market went to sleep. Some might say it was more like a coma with a drop of 50% or more in Bitcoin and even bigger drops in coins like Ethereum and Cardano. Suddenly, in the last few weeks, life has returned to the crypto market. Bitcoin is up more than 40% over the last month, and it's the same story across many other cryptos. Ethereum is up an incredible 70% since July. Data from blockchain research company Glassnode suggests something interesting is happening. These massive price swings that used to shake out weak holders, but the weak holders are becoming fewer and fewer. In other words, the more people that buy Bitcoin, the longer they intend to stay in the market. Notwithstanding big price moves, a larger number of Bitcoin holders appear to be in it for the long haul, and that, the data suggests, sets a good foundation for the next bull market. To discuss all the latest happenings in the crypto space, we are joined by Richard D'Souza, founder and CEO of Altcoin Trader. Hi, Richard. Welcome back to MoneyWeb Crypto. Good afternoon, Kieran. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you back. Now, some of the comments that we've had from listeners in recent weeks point out that cryptos are proven their famed volatility once again, massive drops, massive rebounds. Can you put that in some perspective for us? What has been driving crypto prices down and then up again in the way that we've seen in the last few months? Kieran, this isn't the first time that we've seen this volatility. And as you correctly referred to it as famed volatility. But I want to touch on that quickly before we get into what is actually the cause of this volatility, because we are seeing volatility every single year in cryptocurrencies. But what people are neglecting to emphasize is that year on year, we are seeing hundreds of percentage increase in the growth of cryptocurrencies. So personally, and I think a lot of institutions echo this sentiment, they are happy to deal with the volatility as long as the constant growth remains there. And we've certainly seen this constant growth. So while we've got a lot of disgruntled investors that have bought into the cryptocurrency when it has been in the media, when it has been out there, when everyone's been talking about it, and in months or weeks later have sold because they've seen the price decline. We see another investor, those guys that are dollar cost averaging or rand cost averaging, absolutely enjoying the absolute gains that they are seeing year on year. And this correctly points out the fact that it actually takes the weak hands out of the equation. So in other words, if you buy when there's media hype and you sell when you've made a little bit of a loss, the guys that are rent cost averaging are taking that cryptocurrency out of your hands or enjoying the ride every step of the way. Now back to your question as to why we are seeing this volatility. And I think it is, in essence, because we are seeing tremendous adoption of cryptocurrency and the growth of cryptocurrency. So we are seeing people standing up and paying attention. And every time we have a wave or every time we have a round of this happening and Bitcoin coming to the forefront, we see that a lot of people get in. We see that regulators start to take it seriously. We see that institutions start to take it seriously. And we get to almost these giddy heights, which creates this loop of high prices and then low prices. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we see these people saying, we've got this volatility, but they're not understanding that with this volatility, we're getting this massive growth. So I think that is kind of what is happening in the cycle. And it's really positive. It's really bullish for Bitcoin in the long term. And when I say Bitcoin, you know, I mean, cryptocurrencies in general. Right. It might just be at this point a good thing to just explain what is dollar cost averaging for people who don't know. 
So these are investors that are not really concerned about the hype in the media or the hype cycles of Bitcoin. These are guys that believe that it is a long-term investment and are taking a certain amount of their salary or their income or whatever the case might be. They're not putting lump sums in. They're buying over a period of time, in other words, getting an average price, hence it being called dollar cost averaging. So if you buy not only on the high spikes and you buy average, you don't look at this price, you buy on a monthly, weekly or daily basis, whatever your case might be, you get an average price. And that's where you start to see this growth of literally hundreds of percent per year. Yes. In fact, in MoneyWeb, we did a story about this dollar cost averaging. And if you go back over time, over a period of five years, even during these tremendous crashes, and you're just adding, let's say, a thousand rand per month to your Bitcoin holdings, you find out that over time, there's just a massive growth. You know, you're just accumulating Bitcoin at better and better prices. So it has been proven a very effective way to invest without having to time or guess where the market bottom is going to be. You, but, but you are, of course, counting on the price of Bitcoin eventually recovering and, and hitting new all-time highs, correct? Absolutely. And, and I think just to echo your sentiment there, a lot of people don't realize how easy it is. You know? And a lot of people think that you have, you have big money. But you can literally use as little as 200 rand a month to buy Bitcoin at an average price and really do nothing. You don't have to be a trader. So you are, you know, wanting the price to go up and for Bitcoin to hit all-time highs again. And I think it will. And I think that we've constantly seen that, you know, with the all-time high being this year and, you know, we're possibly going to hit it again. And at that point of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency eating, uh, reaching an all-time high. Anyone that has bought and hasn't sold for that moment in time hasn't lost on the investment. So really, um, it's not really a very uh, complicated investment. It's simply buy Bitcoin on a time period that you dictated beforehand without looking at the price. And we've seen historically people that have done that are in a very good position today. Right, let's go back to what's causing some of the volatility here in cryptos. Now, Bitcoin miners were chased out of China quite recently in the last few months. And they very quickly relocated to places like Texas and Kazakhstan. Why those two places? Well, because they, first of all, they're welcome there and they weren't particularly welcome in China. And also electricity prices are quite low. And of course, electricity is the main cost in Bitcoin mining. Does this prove once again that cryptos are relatively immune to regulatory interference? Bitcoin has demonstrated an uncanny ability to resist being banned or restricted by any government, no matter how powerful. What's your take on that? Kieran, as you point out there correctly, uh, Bitcoin is pretty immune to regulatory interference. You know, a lot of people referring to Bitcoin as the honey badger, able to get through all of these type of um, issues and problems. We know that in the media and a lot of fear mongering was around the fact that China banned the Bitcoin miners and a lot of miners had to move. A lot of people that have been in this space for a while actually saw it as a positive story because for some period of time, OG crypto holders were concerned about the concentration of miners in China. And this really was a good shake out and assisted in the decentralization of the network, of the Bitcoin network. So while there was a lot of fear mongering from the media, there was on the other side, a lot of positivity in the crypto community. And I think that overall, the net effect is positive with us. Certainly Bitcoin demonstrating that the, you know, banning of miners, you know, Bitcoin has the ability to adjust the hash rate, to adjust the mining so that this doesn't have a negative effect over the network. And we got the free bonus of the network being more decentralized. We've got 
thousands and thousands of Bitcoin miners. These are miners that keep the network running. They're distributed all over the world. And, you know, if they band in one region, they simply locate to another region. It really is a non-event, in my opinion, except for the fact that it did have a little bit of a negative price because of the fear that was generated through the articles. Right. And of course, one of the other things that has been an influence on price is Elon Musk. Again, he pops up uh, continually. He's been flip-flopping all over the place on Bitcoin. Uh, At one point, he announced that his company, Tesla, was investing in Bitcoin, and then they were going to accept payment for cars in Bitcoin. Then he changed his mind about that last point, that they were not going to accept Bitcoin as payment for cars. But then he's been a little bit more positive about it. But the institutional adoption of Bitcoin, of course, is continuing to grow. Now, that is, I think, one of the huge stories of 2021. Would you agree? And it has had an influence on the price. Absolutely. We are seeing institutions, look, they've they've slowly been getting into cryptocurrency. But I think we've actually got to a point where institutions no longer have a choice. They no longer have a choice whether they can get into Bitcoin or not. And, you know, touching on the Elon Musk saga, Elon can say that he's not going to accept Bitcoin and he is going to accept Bitcoin. But ultimately, I think every person that is positive about crypto realizes that in the long term, he's going to have no choice. Cryptocurrency is bigger than Elon Musk. His tweets that now carry a reasonable amount of weight and have the ability to affect the market are not going to have that ability in the near future, in my opinion. So his comments are going to be trivial and not really have much meaning in the grander scheme in the long term. So he won't have an option. He will be doing his business, his shareholders and himself a massive disservice if he decides not to take cryptocurrency. Yeah, so I don't really think that that's much to be concerned about. We're going to see cryptocurrency, you know, eclipse this little Twitter war that Elon Musk or this love-hate relationship that Elon Musk has with cryptocurrency. I couldn't help but notice over the last few months how Bitcoin's market capitalization actually surpassed that of Tesla. And I just wonder if there wasn't a little bit of uh, maybe jealousy there or something like that. Of course, that market capitalization had dropped uh, since April quite sharply. It dropped by about 50%. But it got very close to actually eclipsing Apple at one point, Apple being the largest company in the world, uh, followed by, I think it's Aramco. And that, that changes you know every now and again but we're talking there about market caps of about two trillion dollars this is huge do you think there's a chance that we're going to see that in in the course of the next year where bitcoin is actually larger by market cap than any of these listed companies um i you know we are going that way the bitcoin community the cryptocurrency community as a whole is growing day on day Um, we are seeing more wallets we are seeing more transactions we are seeing the network expand we've got thousands and thousands of developers working on projects this is being adopted we are seeing bitcoin cryptocurrencies going mainstream so i think the question there is Absolutely, 100%. We are going to see cryptocurrencies eclipse the biggest companies in the world. It's going to happen. I think the only real question is when. Okay, now away from Bitcoin, which is, of course, still the dominant cryptocurrency. What other coins are catching your attention? We've spoken before about Ethereum and Cardano. Now, Ethereum is really an interesting story this year because – one of the metrics that, that I watch, and I know you watch as well, uh, go back a few months, the uh, Ethereum was worth about the equivalent of a Kruger Rand. It was, in other words, around about 27,000 Rand. And then all of a sudden, it, it went past that. 
and went all the way to 60,000 Rand, dropped all the way back down to the value of a Kruger Rand, and it now looks like it's heading back in the, in, you know, towards 50,000 Rand. Well, what do you make of what's going on with Ethereum and also some of these other coins? Kieran, I think that um, Ethereum is certainly going to give better returns year on year than Bitcoin. In fact, this is not a new thing. We've seen this happening historically. So Ethereum is basically doubling the returns that you get on Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, that Bitcoin is the OG in the space and we going to see it as a top dog for a long time. I personally believe that Ethereum will flip Bitcoin in market cap. Um, the utility on Ethereum is just, you know, so uh, understated. It is growing at a rate that the adoption is much faster than anything that's happening on the Bitcoin blockchain. So to answer your question directly about coins that are attracting my attention, absolutely Ethereum. I'm extremely bullish on Ethereum. You know, bearing in mind that I believe Ethereum is going to be the pillar or the key coin that changes the financial system as we know it. But then there are other coins that are extremely interesting to me. And that, of course, would be ADA or Cardano, because basically, um, you know, Charles Hoskinson and the Ethereum founder were together and they just basically branched off. So it's one and the same, just different ways of attacking it. Um, but Cardano, very exciting long-term project. We know that later uh, in September, I think it's around about the middle of September, we're going to see smart contract functionality coming to Cardano. But then there are also other coins like Matic, you know, on the Polygon network, which assist Ethereum in becoming scalable. And this is also going to have a huge effect on the alternative financial system and the DeFi system as we know it. So really, cryptocurrency is being adopted. It's not hard to work out what are going to be the main movers. Just simply go to CoinMarketCap, look at the top 10. You absolutely can't go wrong with getting involved in any of those coins. But for me, Ethereum, Cardano, and Matic, big, big coins to pay attention to uh, in the months and years to come. Okay, so Ethereum, Cardano, and Matic. Maybe just explain why Matic, Matic being the coin of the Polygon uh, blockchain network, right? Why is that an interesting one to follow? Well, for many years, we've been wanting, um, you know, scaling solutions for Ethereum. And I think it's been known that whoever solves the scaling uh, solution for Ethereum will actually, that problem will have multi-million dollars attached to it. And right now, I believe that Polygon is running the race with the scaling issue for Ethereum. So we're seeing that Polygon is being adopted by a lot of the DeFi projects and the blue chip DeFi projects. They are all using Polygon or Matic to assist Ethereum with scaling. Now, Polygon is very interesting because it's not only a level a, a second layer solution for the Ethereum blockchain, it can also function independently of Ethereum. So while it's not competition um, with Ethereum, it can also function separately. And the fees on the Polygon Omatic network are ridiculously low. So what we're seeing is the DeFi projects, they're still running on Ethereum. We The Polygon Matic network is using the Ethereum security, but using their own layer to uh, have really cheap fees. Adoption, has taken off and is unprecedented. There's a lot of scaling solutions, but Matic is one that I'm very bullish on. And I think is really going to be the winner, at least in the short term, for this DeFi space. Right. And I noticed on Altcoin Trader that you recently listed Matic. Matic spelled M-A-T-I-C for anybody who's looking that up. 
And if you look at the price, I mean, the price even in the last month has, has been has there's been a huge jump. One of the interesting things about Matic is that you can actually stake that on the the Polygon network and earn 14% per year. This is unbelievable. The the kind of returns that you can get on some of these coins. Am I correct in that? You're 100% correct. So with Matic, um, it's a proof-of-stake network, which is something Ethereum is still striving to achieve. Um, Currently earning about 139 as you correctly said, 14% interest by simply staking your coins. In fact, the interesting thing on Altcoin Trader today, a couple of hours ago, we opened Matic staking. At this stage, our clients can earn 8.8%, nearly 9% by simply locking up their coins, not even locking up their coins, just simply putting them in the staking wallet. Not only is it a coin that has tremendous upside, but it's a coin that you can earn a revenue or a dividend or a staking reward on, however you want to phrase it. So that mixed with the fact that it has got a mass adoption, there's many projects that are adopting it. Um, you know, XR, the South African stablecoin, which is also an altcoin trader initiative, has also recently gone onto the Polygon network. And that is purely so that our users can take advantage of these extremely low fees. So yeah, very, very interesting network very uh, well-researched and well-rolled-out project. I believe it has legs for the future. Yeah, of course, one of the big criticisms of Ethereum, and it's still a criticism today, is what they call the gas fees. So if you're trying to transact, now, why would people be using the Ethereum network? They'd be using it because they want to do things like staking, which is, in effect, you're putting your cryptocurrency to work on the network so that you can earn rewards. And this is how you can earn interest rates like 8% or 14% and so on. And this has all, again, got to do with the smart contracts. This is the new financial frontier that we're heading into. But I think what uh, a lot of people are missing here is the speed at which all of these changes are happening. And some of these products that are now coming out, the ability to be able to buy. We've even had it in South Africa to buy fractional properties. You can buy, you know, a thousand rands worth of a property, a prime property in Cape Town. And that's all happened in, in literally in the last month. You can buy fractional shares. There's all kinds of ways that you can cut and dice financial services and offer them in different ways using this magnificent technologies that are coming out. What are you seeing that kind of grabs your attention in terms of exciting financial products coming out? Well, Kieran, there's two things that I am looking at at the moment, and I'm absolutely blown away. You know, day by day, as I'm watching the space evolve, I'm like, wow. Things are changing at a rate that people are not paying attention to. So one of the things that I actually have just produced a video on this morning on my channel um, is, you know, NFTs, but specifically, you know, really high-end NFTs, crypto punks. So those are investment vehicles that currently entry point is around 2 million rand to buy one of these tiny little graphics, you know, and I believe that these are investments that are still going to be around in many years. The other thing that is grabbing my attention and I think that is going to become absolutely massive and is going to explode in the next couple of months or a year or two, not only in South Africa, but globally is play to earn games. In other words, where if you are unemployed or you're trying to earn a a living, you can actually play these computer games and you get paid and you get rewarded for playing these games. That um, There's a couple of models that have come out and, you know, it's still very new for that. But I believe, and we'll watch this space, I believe that is going to explode. It's going to be absolutely massive. People that get into it and understand it in the early stages are going to make excellent returns and they're going to make decent money so those are some of the things in the space that i'm looking forward to and watching very carefully 
And what platforms would you use or, or go to if you wanted to find out more about this, you know, playing games? Well, I think the the, the main game that, uh, you know, I think uh, sort of the blue chip one or the OG in the space that is going to, you know, become massive is something called Axie Infinity. You know, you can go to their website or you can just find the coin on CoinMarketCap. You can battle these little monsters. You can breed these little monsters. You need to buy a coin called Smooth Love Potion. And don't get me wrong. I understand how ridiculous this sounds, you know, buying a coin called Smooth Love Potion. But... <laughs> I don't think we need to – I think we need to pay attention to what is happening here because this is a wave that is going to sweep the youth. It's going to sweep the financial sector, and it is going to contribute millions and millions of dollars to the world's economy. So by simply going onto CoinMarketCap, Axie is the coin. Axie Infinity is the game. Click on the coin, and you find a link to their website. Make sure that you don't get scammed and end up in the wrong place. There's only one real website, and as we know, on with this online space, there's a, a lot of scammers and a lot of fake websites. But Axie Infinity is the game for anyone who wants to get started looking at this play-to-earn model. That is my recommendation of where they should start. All right. And so the coin, is, is it Smooth Love Potion or Axie? Well, there's two coins. So uh, Smooth Love Potion is if you want to actually breed your axes, you know, and you can sell them on the secondary marketplace. But the governance coin is Axie. So we're talking about two coins. The coin that you will be rewarded for playing in the game is the Smooth Love Potion. SLP is the ticker for that coin. So in future, it's you know. It's currently the, the, about two rand odd, two rand 50 for it? a coin. All right. And, and of course, that's up and down and it moves in with supply and demand, I guess. Absolutely. You know, it follows the crypto market, so it's up and down. So you say, Mom, can I have 100 Rand? You say, Mom, can I have um, 50 Smooth Love Potion, please? <laughs> what does she say to that? <laughs> Look, absolutely. I mean, there is a couple of things to be noted that entry into the game, right? There's two ways you can enter the game. You could actually buy the um, online gaming assets that you need. And at this stage, sort of the bottom entry is around about 10,000 Rand. But there is also another way to get involved in this game, and you can actually play on behalf of other players. So what we're finding happening in this space, and I find this absolutely amazing, is they've got people that have the money to and the ability to afford the assets. They are hiring youth and people that don't have the money to enter to play the game. These people are then building up their reserves to they get to the point where they can actually buy their own assets and start playing and earning money for themselves. Very similar to what we're seeing in Uber. You know, if you can't afford a car, we have people that are buying cars and hiring drivers, and we're seeing the same type of scenario play out in this game. I don't know whether it's got long-term legs. If I was asked to to give my opinion, I believe it has. I think that this is something that is going to happen. I think it is the new way of the world, but I could be wrong. But we're seeing that happen. So if you don't have any money, you can still get involved. You can still start playing. The typical split at this stage is you take 60% of the Smooth Love Potion profits for yourself and 40% goes to the asset holders. And it's really an amazing space to be watching. Yeah, no, no doubt we're going to see many millionaires created out of this space, you know, this new gaming platform or new gaming platforms that are about to come. I just want to wrap up here quickly with a, a couple of quick questions. Just talk to me about the volumes of trading volumes on the exchange. Are you starting to see now that the crypto market is coming back to life again? There's more color in the cheeks of so the pricing. Are you starting to see more activity through the exchange? 
Kieran, absolutely. We have noticed, and I think this is, you know, a, a trend for all exchanges, that the volumes are followed by the price graph. So as the price goes up, so the volumes go up. As the price goes down, so the, the volumes go down. So the only trend that I'm kind of noticing is that we have constant volumes, you know. So in other words, whereas in the past, and I'm talking a couple of years ago, when the price really tanked, we would have almost zero volume. Now we've got that base level of client that is trading constantly, which is, you know, obviously stabilizes a lot of the income for the exchanges. But pretty much we're still at the stage where the volume is following the price curve. But what we are noticing, and once again, I'm not talking only about altcoin trading, I'm talking about exchanges in general, is that we are starting to see the high value coins moving off of the exchanges. I believe that as people's knowledge, you know, expands and as people understand the value of self-custody and holding these, uh, these assets by themselves without trusting a third party, we are seeing these coins move off of the exchange. Also, people taking coins off of exchange because they have absolutely no intention on selling, which as we all know, that will create scarcity, which will have create upward trajectory for the prices. It's interesting times what we're seeing and what we're noticing. Right, and that does sort of correlate with what I said earlier about the Glassnode research showing that more and more people are becoming long-term holders. You know, you've there has been some shakeout in the last few months of newer adopters of Bitcoin, people who arrived in the market in the course of this year who wanted to get out and not make a loss. Um, but, I, you know, we've spoken to you many times about this. I, I, I think you told us originally you were buying Bitcoin at $6 and then you sold a whole chunk at 10 because you made a fortune <laughs> at $10. And, and not, you know, a lot of people at that time didn't know if this thing had any legs in it at all and whether, you know, the prices would go to. What are we seeing today? You know, 700,000 Rand for a Bitcoin. So there definitely is more, you know, the, the hodlers are there, the hodlers, the long-term holders. You're seeing this as a trend, right? Absolutely. You know, just to take that a step further, we've seen a lot of people that have changed the narrative, like, when are you going to sell your Bitcoin? I'm seeing more and more people answer that question with never, because there's no reason to sell this asset. So in other words, this is an asset where, that they are going to be using for generational wealth. If they need funds, they're going to borrow against those assets. But we're seeing people that plan to never sell their Bitcoin. And that speaks volumes about you know, the faith in this asset, the faith in what people are planning to do, how they're planning to pass it down from generation to generation. And I think that that is something that we're going to be seeing more and more often. The same is going to be happening with NFTs. The same is going to be happening with any of these high value assets. People are going to simply loan money against it because they know the scarcity of this asset. If you get out of the market, you run the risk of never being able to enter again. And we're going to see more and more exclusive club where only exclusive wealthy people are able to hold these high value assets and they're going to be able to hold them because they're never going to sell them they're going to loan against them and this is going to create perpetual motion where the price just constantly increases right and of course the ability to lend against your own crypto this is one of the innovations that have come about through decentralized finance where you can actually put up your bitcoin or your ethereum as collateral and you can borrow usually i think it's about 50 percent against that am i correct in that Absolutely. So we've seen that in DeFi. Altcoin Trader has already, um, yesterday we started rolling that out to a select group of users for testing purposes. But we're going to see this in CFI or centralized finance, you know, where, and it's, it's not really complicated. You can go down to your local pawn shop and pawn your car or pawn your gold earrings and, you know, take a, a loan against that. But you're going to be able to do this online without 
interacting without talking, clicking a couple of buttons and actually getting the value of your assets. And that, I believe, is going to revolutionize a lot of the ways that people think about cryptocurrencies. So if you can have them liquid and keep the asset, in other words, have your cake and eat it, we're going to see that this trend is going to start taking off. People are not going to be selling these assets. They're going to be loaning against it and, you know, they're servicing those loans at reasonably low interest rates. It's going to be a game changer for the alternative financial system. Very interesting. Okay, final question, Richard. What are we got to look out for in the crypto space between now and the end of the year? Look, I think that uh, between now and the end of the year is a relatively short time frame. Um, everything that we are currently seeing is just going to be amplified. In other words, we're going to see uh, more and more adoption, Bitcoin uh, becoming a household name, cryptocurrency becoming a household name. Something that I've noticed that I think we can start also looking out at is a lot of sort of underage people getting involved in the space, you know, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, really embracing it, really. And maybe that's because of the gaming aspect that has come out. They've realized the value of the cryptocurrencies, whereas before they wanted to get money from their parents to buy in-game assets, um, you know, like sort of Fortnite and PUBG and that, they could just buy skins that were trendy. Now they're wanting to own those assets on the blockchain, and they're realizing that credit cards, don't work for that. They need to have cryptocurrency, which once again points to mass adoption. And we know once the youth start getting involved in everything, we're going to be having people say, oh, these old people don't know what they're doing. And that is a way that we get phased out of the financial system. Just some things to consider and you know, bear in mind. Everyone from every aspect Every sphere of life is starting to understand cryptocurrency and adopt it. And it's starting slowly, but I think that we are going to see that just escalate and escalate. And we are in a current revolution or evolution, whichever way you want to put it. Finances are changing right in front of our eyes. Richard D'Souza, founder and CEO of Altcoin Trader. Thanks so much for joining us, Richard. Thanks very much, Kieran. Always a pleasure being on your show. for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.